Dive into our latest courses designed to enhance your bond with your furry friend. Whether you're a seasoned owner or a new puppy parent, there's something for everyone at dogspeak101.com. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Enroll now and take the first step toward a happier, well-behaved dog. Visit dogspeak101.com to browse our course catalog. Get 10% off all courses through February the 14th. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you're having a wonderful week. Brett, how are you doing this week? I'm great. How are you? I am tired. I, do you want to tell anybody why? All right, y'all. That came out really aggressive. I know you my, did. My bad. Um, I got a new puppy. I did it. Y'all, I did it. <sighs> I'm tired. <laughs> um, so, you know, we were. I was back and forth about another Rottweiler. Of course, when I had my Rotties... I worked them in search and rescue um, and recovery. And so they were with me, and I gave them a lot of exercise, a lot of mental stimulation. I'm not doing that now. So uh, my, my nonprofit work is service dogs. So I've looked at a, I've looked at a couple of Rotties. I've been on the Rotties in need. Um, I think you kind of wanted me to get a Rottie. I think you've gotten a, a attached to the breed as well. Um, I don't know. I mean... They're just, oh my God. I, I more or less left it up to you. I know. I, because it's your dog. It I is. I have my dog. It is. Because <laughs> I've been technically kind of without a dog now for quite some time. Um, So I knew I was either going to go Rottweiler if I was going to go big or I was going to go small. Something I can put in a stroller, um, carry around, put on a plane. And of course... Goofy Foot Rescue, damn them. That's where uh, Isabella that's, came from. Exactly, that's where Isabella came from. Um, I had looked at their site, and they do. They send a lot of the dogs up north. They're out of West Tennessee, but they send the dog a lot of dogs up north. Mm-hmm. And they do such a great job at getting dogs in and getting them out. Right. Um, and the founder of Goofy Foot actually works very closely, um, like one of the top ones of Animal Rescue Corps. So they'll sometimes, once Animal Rescue Corps gets the dogs, uh, they'll, they disperse them out to rescues. And so Goofy Fit will get some. Um, so I tend to always seem to miss the tiny dogs. Like, <laughs> I, I see them go on transport. I'm like, why didn't I see that one? People want the little dogs. They do. Um, you know, because they get a lot of beagles. They get a lot of hound dogs, uh, larger dogs in West Tennessee. And that was, yeah, that part of Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. So, y'all, I looked at the way I, I found these two pictures of these puppies. Bill and Ted, Ted and Bill, Bill and Ted, two little puppies. Uh, yes, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. So Bill, um, and I've not ever had a boy, so this was interesting for me too. Bill looked a lot like Isabella, mm-hmm. but we knew that dog that they were going to stay small. Yeah, he was fluffy, cute, right? And then there was Ted, and Ted was is silver, um, short hair short snout i was like uh, you know that's not my look i don't he looks almost like a like a if a toy pit bull was a thing he does it looks like like a pick a pocket pit yeah i call him like a pocket pit something yeah yeah it's weird um it mixed with a pug right. um, <laughs> so um and then i looked at a dog named iggy who was a terrier who was about one 
uh, had hair like me, mm-hmm. right? So we drove all the way to West Tennessee. Uh, so it was a, you know, almost two hour drive. We went to see Iggy first and um, he was very playful, very, um, very sweet. Sweet dog. He was cuddly. Um, he and Isabella were okay, but he was so focused on wanting to hump Isabella and love on Isabella because he had just been neutered like the week before. I just didn't have a, it wasn't a hard no, but it also wasn't a yes. Mm-hmm. So I say, you know what? I want to go look at Bill. So we took another 50 minute drive <laughs> to go look at Bill. And now I had been talking with the foster. She'd been texting all week. We've been texting all week. Um, and over the last few days, whatever. And she kept pushing Ted on me. I'm like, no, I don't want Ted. I don't like the way he looks. I want Bill. And so I get there, and here comes Bill and Ted out, and major size difference. Like, Bill is stout, mm-hmm. black, fuzzy. He's, I mean, he is full of himself. And then here comes this little bitty, little kind of a stout, little bitty kind of short thing. It was Ted. And I'm like, oh, my God, Ted, you were really cute. No, no, I'm here for <laughs> Bill. So we took Bill out to meet Isabella, and they did fine. Bill was very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's goofy, whatever. And so then I was like, all right, well, let's just try Ted. Damn it. Damn she, you, Ted. She walks out and she's like, get in the car. Ted's going home with us. Yep. So <laughs> damn you. Damn you, Ted. Um, I think it, what it, the main thing for me was that Bill was going to be short and heavier. Ted's going to be smaller. And I really wanted that smaller. Um, I don't think he'll top 25 pounds probably, but so yes. So Ted came home with us last Saturday and I had to make a decision yesterday because there was someone up North who wanted him. And we apologize to that person. I I do apologize that person that wanted Ted. Um, I really struggled with my decision. Um, I was freaking out, um, because I really miss my Roddy. I miss having a Roddy, but I also know that if we, you know, I know right now our listeners are like, well, duh, get three dogs. We've talked about we don't want three dogs again. Yeah. Right. Because we want to be able to take them individually together. You know, my mm-hmm. dog, your dog with us and not have a third one to deal with. So Britt said, you know, maybe you can have a Roddy later if that's what you decide. And I don't know. I just know that I don't have the energy it takes to do a Roddy right now because Ted's enough. Yeah. But um, so his name is not Ted, <laughs> y'all. Um, we already have a Steve in the house. We don't need a Ted. Um, so, uh, as most of you probably know, or maybe you don't, I don't know. I'm a huge horror fan. I'm a huge Michael Myers fan, Halloween fan. So, um, his name is Myers. As long as the name is not some self-fulfilling prophecy, we'll be all right. Well, you know, I have talked about that, how people are like, I don't know why my dog's so bad. His, you know, what's your dog's name? Lucifer. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you did it, right? When you when you name these dogs, what are you getting, right? I mean, we we named a cat Gemma uh, oh, after and, Gemma and from Sons of Anarchy. And uh, she's holding up to that. Let me tell you. And Independence Ruth. Mm-hmm. She's very independent. She's kind of her own little thing. She loves us, but she likes to kind of be yeah. on her own. And then there's Steve Purrier. The cat, he has, if he was wearing a visor, I think he'd throw it quite often. Probably. I love you, Steve Spurrier and Steve Purrier. Anyway, so we have a puppy. So we have Kenneth Myers. He's a puppy. I don't know what he is. 
You're giving him a whole name. Kind of sort of Myers. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll find out what he is, but so far we looked. Okay, so he came from Animal Rescue Corps, had a hoarding case, and he and his brother were found uh, there. They were less than a week old. So I have pictures of him when he was less than a week old. And then um, just the pictures of the other dogs that were around. I'm thinking he's probably something like a, obviously, terrier, um, but maybe a little Shizu. Because that's what it looked like, kind of what was in that mm-hmm. hoarding situation. So I've, I've name, um, named his breed. He's a shitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's legit. There you go. So y'all... I have a new puppy. It's a shitter. And I think in a couple of weeks, you're doing a podcast with Amanda about um, oh my god, your perspective on uh, puppyhood now that... Because it's been so long. It has been a long time. Since... Even though, obviously, both of us are in the home. Obviously, we're both raising this puppy. You know... It's my for responsibility. You, yeah, for you to have your puppy. You know, Isabella's almost three. Um but you, I mean, you put the responsibility on me. Yeah, because you wanted the puppy, and yeah. I knew where I was with my schedule. Right. And and that's why you and I talked about, here's my schedule. I want it to be bonded to me. I want it to be my dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, I need your help, because right. I'm not here um, as much. But um, yeah, this is. it's been a long time since I've been responsible for a puppy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been, Dayan was 11, so. Yeah. Been over a decade. Yeah. So this, I teach people all the time, but I'm like, that'll damn. be a fun uh, podcast to do. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I, I was thinking about things, you know, when you're one thirty in the morning and you're letting them out to potty and you're doing these things or they decided they want to wake up at six and mm-hmm. you usually sleep till eight 30. I keep thinking about things and I forget to write them down. I'm like, Oh, I need to talk about that on the podcast. And then I forget. So I'm going to do, I'm going to get it all together, but I will say it has been, um, <laughs> well, you know a lot more about dogs now, too. That was another thing is that it... Uh, genetically speaking. Genetics. And, um, and their needs. Their needs. Their... Um, just their, their past environment. I will tell you that it was very challenging for me. It didn't seem as much fun because I am... I, I know too much. Yeah. And it, it's like... I would imagine some psychiatrist that works with troubled children being scared of having their own child mm-hmm. because you see all this stuff. So I, I will say that it's it's been a challenge, and I kind of waited to last minute to make that decision yesterday. Do you feel good about your decision? I do. Yeah. Um, I just said to myself, you know what? Whatever decision you make, it's going to be the right one. Mm-hmm. And so um, after my last client last night, I made the decision. and Y'all, she came home. <laughs> and like started packing his stuff. I did not. That's essentially what it felt like. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess she decided. You should have seen the look on Brent's face. I'm like, are you we're not, sad? We're not going to keep him. And she wouldn't admit it. She was like, <laughs> no, you look sad. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no. Yeah. I was. You were sad. Maybe. I don't know. Well, I, thank God we do have a village of friends. Uh, so he has a bunch of aunts. And his and he hasn't met Uncle Gray yet. Yeah, and his grandma's in uh, love with him. Oh yeah, Granny T. She came to babysit on Wednesday because we had plans prior to getting him, and he had not been left alone. And so, um, I had Granny T. Come over, and she had already posted a picture on Facebook of this might be my new granddog. <laughs> so yeah, my dad. My dad's like, "What is this? I need to know what 
this thing is. Yeah, my parents could care less. So I need to, I have to text my dad pictures and tell him what's going on. Yeah, my mother's like, is it going to stay small? Good. <laughs> I mean, I haven't even, I haven't even told them that. Yeah, and my mom's like, that we're keeping the dog. I'll babysit anytime. I mean, and I didn't even send her a picture. I t- sent her a picture of Bill. Oh, yeah. I didn't even send her a picture of Ted. Yeah. So, yeah, my parents are. We haven't taken many baby pictures yet because I think we were not. We're not going to get yeah, pe- he's not, people's he's hopes not, up. Yeah, but, he wasn't on my my phone as a wallpaper or on my lock screen or home screen. Yeah. Tiba's on there right. and Isabella's on there. So I guess I'll have to move him off and he is he's moved up the chain. He's officially part of the. He's an official family. Ivy now. So, can a sort of Myers Ivy. So what are we actually talking about? I know, today? right? We just spent 12 minutes talking about, <laughs> or 10 minutes talking about a new puppy. Um so, yeah, one of the things I really want to talk about today, um, because I'm seeing this more and more as an issue, is I'm, it, obviously you guys all know that when we talk about things that our podcast is more about educating the owners and helping them be better and understanding their dogs, not just how to teach something. There are tons of YouTube videos you can do for that. Mm-hmm. I am seeing a lot of problems with owners, um, how they change their behavior towards their dog based on not only the environment that they are in and how the dog is acting, but what tool or equipment they're using. Mm, Okay. So when I see someone using, say, um, a harness, they will tend to allow the dog to do more than when they put the leash on the collar, they tend to be stricter on what they want their dog to do. So it's almost like they're changing their expectations because they don't have the control of the dog when it's on the collar. Mm -hmm. So they become, they yank more, they pull more, they yell more. Yeah. And, And it's the same if you're using any type of training tool, like a correction collar, like a prong collar. If you are using the prong collar in situations and you're all chilled back because the dog is great because the dog's avoiding this, mm-hmm. this, you know, discomfort and pain around his neck, are you really learning anything? Right. So when the dog gets on a regular collar and he starts acting like an idiot, do you know how to handle that? Right. No, you've, all, you've only been dependent on the collar and you've only been communication communicating through the collar. And when I, I also see people that when they ask their dog to like sit on and off leash, they'll ask the dog to sit differently when the dog is off leash compared to when on leash. Yeah, it's almost because um, I've been guilty of this. When they're off leash, it's like desperation. <laughs> like, <laughs> please don't move. <laughs> please do this. Whereas, you know, if they're on leash, they have a limited space that they can they can move about in. Yes, but also I'll see people use the leash to communicate the sit. Oh, yeah, like pulling up on it. Yeah. Right. So I think that, you know, people really need to think about their own behavior. I think a lot of people are confused when they come to our either our group classes or our private lessons that we're not we're not going to be working like making your dog into a robot. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be a, you know, dog not enjoying themselves. Right. It's about learning how to have a relationship with this dog who didn't have an, a choice in being in a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. 
and learning about them as individuals and be, being sure that you're their rock. All right. The, the mo- number one thing that dogs need is to feel safe. And if they don't know how you're going to act, given the situation or the environment or the tool, do they feel safe? Right. Right. If your parent, if your mom is all sweet to you in the home, no, I'm going to reverse that. If your mom is yelling at you at home all the time and then sweet in public, that's not, there's no consistency there. Right. So then what ends up happening is the child will end up having, um, needing a lot of therapy from having being treated one way in in public and then being treated differently at home. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with dogs. Yeah. And so but it's opposite, right? People are a lot more relaxed in the home with the dog, then they get the dog out in public and they start freaking out. And they become one of the distractions, they become one of the stressors that the dog can't get away from. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, my dog is reactive in public, but is fi- I hear this all the time. And in public, when we're out, my dog is super reactive towards other dogs and other people. If we have people or dogs over, absolutely just fine. And I'm like, well, how? what are you doing in public that's giving your dog a negative as- association towards people or other dogs? Um, because that's usually what it is. You know, it's one thing when we hear, okay, my dog's fine in public with other dogs and people, but when they come to the house, like we've got some, what you know, resource guarding territorial issues, you know, competency, whatever that case may be, barrier aggression. Um, but when you reverse that, I'm like, yeah, I bet you're doing this, this and this with the leash and you're probably correcting the dog and you're freaking out. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason I just quit going certain places. It has nothing to do with Isabella. It has to do with me knowing that I'm going to be nervous and therefore, it's going to translate to her. And I'm just like, I'm not doing that to my yeah, dog. You don't do well in group classes. Uh-uh. At all. No, I don't. I that's And, and that's okay. It is okay. You recognize that and you stop yeah. forcing it. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm not going to force her to go because she doesn't, she doesn't enjoy it. She doesn't, <laughs> she's not very well-mannered uh, in them. But there are other places we go where there are plenty of dogs, plenty of people. She's just fine. Yeah, she does great. Yeah. She walks the campground on camp when she's camping or mm-hmm. trails and she doesn't, she's like, whatever. Yeah. Even when dogs came up to her at the pet store the other day, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, it's you learning how to handle the situation. We right. can't be reactive when our dog is reactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I hear people say that, I say, well, what are you doing differently? Exactly. And they're like, nothing. Or they I, never, I call bullshit on that one. They never act like this. Well. Mm. Yeah. Really? Do they? Are they perfect all the time? Are they really? My dog angels? would never do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're dogs. Yeah, they they're probably. dogs. Yeah, y'all. I'm a. I mean, I've been doing this be 26 years. Next month, my puppy is going to go through the same shit that you all have gone through with your puppy and your adolescence. And it's there's Andrews is a baby shark right now. It, okay, she isn't. She shit. So I'm used to having a she. He's not actually that bad. He has been. I've had to only yelp a few times. He has been really good with me. Um, so, I mean, we are all going to go through it. Doesn't, it doesn't reflect on you when your dog is acting that way. They're individuals. Here's the thing. We can all be amazing trainers, amazing dog owners when our dog is doing 
the one the one thing that we want them to do or they're being well mannered or they look good for somebody right mm-hmm. it's easy to be a really good handler in that situation <laughs> the question is how good of an owner are you and how good of a kind of that tour guide leadership position upper management how good are you when your dog is not doing what you expect yeah it's easy to freak out in those situations yeah and, and it's if I can learn to not oh, freak out in those situations, you can too. Absolutely. Because then what the dog learns is that I don't know what's going to happen in this environment. The one thing I counted on, my handler, is not doing what I'm used to them doing when we get in this environment. Now this environment is freaking me out mm-hmm. even more. Like, I don't feel safe here. I don't feel safe. Because my one safety net has big holes in it. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all cannot have holes in, in the safety net. You've got to be that rock. And so I'm going to use one of my uh, clients from class the other night because I think it was just a really good example that um, she has this beautiful dog. And uh, I was working on stays and I was like, show me a stay. And, and so she put the dog in a, was trying to put the dog in a down. Mm-hmm. And she had her hands all over him. She was kind of pulling up. She was saying his name a lot. She was kind of handling the leash too much, the collar too much. And she was just all over the place with it. And I said, is that how you normally do it out at home? She said, no. I said, then don't do it here. Mm-hmm. So she stopped. And the dog, she asked the dog to lay down. The dog laid down. She asked the dog to stay. Dog stayed. She walked away. And it was beautiful. But it's this stop trying to make other people in your environment think that you know what you're doing or look good or your dog is perfect and everything's right. Focus. You shouldn't worry about what's happening in the environment. Mm -hmm. You've got to focus on the most important thing, which is your dog and your relationship with your dog. Right. Uh, Stop trying to get that behavior. And I've said this a thousand times and I said it twice or three times last night at class. It is more important for your dog to do the behavior than it is for you to get the behavior. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't express that enough. Sure, you can get a behavior. Abusers get behavior from people all the time. Right. Does that really mean that that person was willing? Mm-hmm. That they had the choice? Right. If you have, you know, if if you have a dog, if they can do the behavior on their own, that means that they've got those skills that they're really in need of having to to function in this real world. And I think that's the hardest thing that I'm that I run into with my training is teaching people that. Right. And especially when they're in a group class setting because I get them for 45 minutes once a week. And it's in a group setting to where I'm not seeing that natural interaction mm-hmm. outside of that. Um which is just like with our you know, with our class, we don't allow correction collars. I'll allow a harness if it's um, if the person really needs some extra strength or um, if a dog has, you know, trachea issues or a really bad puller. I, know, I don't have a problem starting on a harness. Mm-hmm. But when I have people that come in and they want to practice their leash skills and practice all their behavior, but then they go home and the other six days of the week they're using a prong collar on the dog, what are they really accomplishing? Right. Like, no. What's the point? What's the, why? Are you, yeah, why are you even trying to improve this if you're just going to go back mm-hmm. and doing that? And, and that's where I get a lot of people that do that. I get a lot of people do that, and so 
I, I want people to understand that you don't have to. You don't have to use a prong collar. If you have some, you know, if you have a dog that's really strong, there are options of, you know, the Kurgo harness with the two-point system. Mm-hmm. And that can prevent the dog from choking um, and pulling you down. Um, but it's also, you've got to stop trying to physically control a dog. I have another one that's in class that is constantly physically trying to control a dog. Mm-hmm. And this dog wants nothing to do with them in class. Dog is literally like, I'd, I'd rather be anywhere but in your presence right now. Because wow. they're constant. It's just this constant command and touching and yanking and pulling. And, and you, you know, and you, and you preach it over and over and over again. Then you take the dog away and just show them how relaxed and not physically controlling and hoping it will translate, mm-hmm. right? But it's to watch these dogs who like, no, I don't really want to. You're yanking me around all the time. You're yelling at me all the time. You're touching me all the time. It's... Right. You know, go back to consent, people. Right. Mm-hmm. Go listen to that podcast. <laughs> yeah. So it's really, I want people to understand stop physically trying to control your dog because you'll lose. And um, really learn the skill. Learn the skills. Mm-hmm. And don't just try to make your dog be something it's not just yet. Uh, you know, puppies, young dogs, young adolescents. Olive turned two last night, by the way. Olive's birthday was happy, last night. Happy birthday. Olive. Happy birthday, Olive. And she said, didn't you say it too? When she hit two, she's going to calm down. I was like, I don't think I said that. I think I said she was going to be an adult. Yeah. It's the only different thing. <laughs> I it's, hope I said <laughs> Isabella will be three the end of this month. And she still hasn't calmed down. The last day of this month. She's calmed down some, but. Still. Not when it comes to other dogs with play. No, and there's still work that we have to do. But Absolutely. It's never ending. It's it is just, never ending. But just, she also knows I'm her her little safety net. Too. You are. So that's okay. You are her safety net. And she definitely looks to you to see how she should adjust in, in a situation. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not able to adjust myself in a positive way, or at least stay consistent, um, you know, she's going to feed off that and that's just going to make it worse. Yeah. So my encouragement to you guys is to, Instead of looking at the dog's behavior, wondering why they're acting like assholes. They're not really being assholes on purpose. Not on purpose. Uh, Look at your behavior and ask, what can I do differently? What am I doing that could be contributing to this? Mm -hmm. What could I do better? Right? And have someone, and if if you really want to dig deep, and you really want to know what you look like working with your dog, take your dog out somewhere and have somebody video you. And then I want you to go back and watch it. Like a foot, like football practice or a football game. Yeah. Go watch film. Go watch film. Go watch game film. And get better. And you might see some things where you're like, wow, I didn't even know I did that. I didn't even know I yanked up on the leash when I sit sit. Wow, I didn't even realize I was pulling the leash when I was changing direction. Wow, I just didn't even think about me pushing his butt on the floor for a sit. I just needed him to sit. Mm-hmm. Why did you need him to sit? Was it really important? Right. And that was that's another whole... Th- that's a whole other episode. I don't know. I don't know if we could do a whole episode on that. Y'all, Part stop one. making your dog sit for everything. There is no reason. It's not even... It's not a natural behavior for dogs. Stop it. We were at the pet store the other day. He's like, can I give your dog a treat? And you're like, yeah, sure. And she's, he's like, sit. 
Isabella's like, what, the, what do you want from me? <laughs> I'm like, I'm and he was squatted down in her face, and she was like turning away from him. Yeah. And of course, Brittany's way too nice. I'm over there looking at some clearance items, right? Holding my puppy, and and he's like, uh, do you use a hand signal or anything? And she's like, no, she's just distracted. And of course, I just glanced over my shoulder and said, we don't require it. <laughs> and so she was distracted. But. She wasn't distracted. She was avoiding him because he was being confrontational. Because he was squatting in her face, asking her to do something that is dumb. <laughs> and she didn't want that crappy treat anyway. She's like, I'm sorry. I don't." No, know. the bully stick uh, display was two feet away from oh, it. Oh, yeah. She does love the bully and stick. And she's like, "Um, excuse me, sir. If you want me to sit, my mother you're going to have to get something bigger. <laughs> just bought me a giant bag thanks to Aunt Amanda. A Pick bully sticks. A bully stick. Like, I don't want your milk bone. Yeah, with food coloring. Sir. It's going to give me an <laughs> ear infection from all the sugar. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about, about this. Treats, sir. Yeah, we've just been all over this episode. I, know, I don't know sorry. what you're I don't know what you're gonna title this. All the shit and then some. <laughs> I have no idea. Welcome the Friday new, morning rants. Welcome the new shitter. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, we're a whole week late. Almost, a, I mean, we're a few days late. I'm just going to tell y'all, we'll get a podcast out every week. I just can't guarantee it's going to be the same day anymore. That's okay. Because it's been a little insane this week. That's okay. It's understandable. So, um, and it hadn't been insane because the puppy, although that's a bit a part of it, work has been crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, but, um, so I encourage you to look at yourself in the mirror. Have somebody video you or watch you and help you. Don't get your feelings hurt when somebody says something about your handling of the dog. You are the greater species. You are the tour guide. You're the upper management. You have to know what you're doing in order to help your dog navigate this world. Mm-hmm. Period. And um, stop worrying about what other people think. Right? That, that, that was a huge thing for me, getting over that. Yeah. I'm like, actually, my dog's really good. Right. And and I tell you, one of my clients um, last night, she said, I was so worried to get a trainer in here because I don't want to be judged. And she's like, I talked to one and I, and I just felt like I was being judged. Do not hire that trainer. No. No, that's why she went with us. But, um, but I was like, I'm not going to judge you. I will be honest with you because it's my job, but I'm not judging you and and what you've got going on. And I want people to really stop worrying about what other people think. If you are not comfortable having somebody pet your dog, then tell them, no, they can't pet your dog. Right. If you don't want to stand there and talk and have your dog say hello to their dog, don't do it. Walk away. You are responsible for you and your dog and the immediate environment that surrounds your dog. That bubble, that's what you're in charge of. That is what you're in control of. And that's the only thing you need to worry about. Now, I'm not saying go be mean to people. No, I've learned that I'm really good at just like, if I look like a jerk, it's fine. Like, I'll just turn and walk the other way. If people are trying to like, come up on my dog. (laughs) I would much rather look like the jerk than them be like, oh my God, look at that dog. It's so reactive and horrible. I'm like, no, you're not going to judge my dog. No, like you just that. came running up on my dog, at, yeah. you know, around the corner, and yeah, it, you startled my dog, man. So I'm like, or you just reached. I don't mind looking. You just like reached a jerk. out and touched my dog's butt, <laughs> and didn't even ask. Like, ooh. Oh, the people that just walked by and just reached down to pet the dog. Trust me, crazy. I mean, I never had that problem because of Rottweilers. I don't. You have don't that. have that. I don't have it too much with Isabella, but because she's shorter, but also black dogs. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, that's a whole and y'all. Other thing. Ted's not black; he's silver. 
Not. I called him Ted. You did call him Ted. Myers. You'll get used to it. Yeah. He's still new. Uh, so, yeah, I, stop thinking about, don't, stop worrying about what other people think. When, and, and when I see like, other dog owners just, like, see me walking with Isabella, and they just turn and walk the other way, I'm like, I got you. Yeah. I understand. They're like, I'm sorry. Yep. I'm yep. like, no, nope. it's fine. It's good. I understand, and I appreciate it. My encouragement to all of you is whether you're doing private lessons, whether you're doing group classes, whether you're just out working with your dog, Spend those moments with, if you if you're hiring a professional, don't try to make your dog all perfect while in class. That's where you learn the skills to be better mm-hmm. when your trainer is not there. Right. Um, the other day, I had a client with that we were working on some reactivity issues, and he went and um, walked the dog. And got the dog a lot of exercise before coming to the session. Mm-hmm. I was like, don't do that. Number one, you're filling up the dog's cup. And that means we can't teach as much as we need to. But two, making a dog tired and then thinking that's going to make them act better. Right. If a dog is super tired, they're actually not going to be able to learn. Just like when you're tired, you can't learn. Yeah. Again, think of them as toddlers. Yes. And don't, don't do it before you go to a training class because that's where the trainer needs to see the dog in its natural form to help you deal with it. If you're trying to make the dog look perfect before going to class, why in the hell are you there? Yeah. Stop cheating. <laughs> Stop okay? wasting your money. <laughs> Stop wasting your money. Trust me when I say we trainers, well, most, we want to see you become better as a handler to help you and your dog develop this beautiful, amazing relationship that can take you for years and years and years, and you can enjoy so much with them. So stop trying to be perfect. You're not. You're not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect. Your dog's not going to be perfect. Tebow was perfect. but She was a people. She was. I, no, she was. <laughs> she was so good. Uh, I love that dog. Um, Diane was fine. You know, Um she had her issues, but just stop, people. Please, for your dog's sake, stop trying to be something you're not. Stop trying to impress people that you don't even know. It's not doing your dog any good, and it's not helping your relationship. I promise. So be vulnerable. Be open. And don't don't resort to tools that cause pain to your dog because you don't want to learn the skills. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing I'm going to say on that. Word. Word. And that's all I got. I got to get out of here because I have clients um, and we crammed this in this Friday <laughs> morning and I've actually got to sleep a little bit longer this morning. So, yeah. you know, I'm good. Uh, any last words? No. I for think you from, from anything on that? I think we'll start working on the next podcast. That's what I'm going to be doing. Just work on the next podcast. Yeah. And if y'all have any ideas or things that you'd like to hear us talk about, um, I got a feeling that our next few are probably going to be a lot about some puppy stuff mixed in. Mm-hmm. Um, me learning some new things and looking outside the box a little bit. But uh, if you have any ideas, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you guys. We appreciate you so very much. Um, the podcast has grown so much. Uh, I'm excited. That's awesome. Um, so, um, but I want to, I want to keep growing. So that means that you guys, the listeners, you're the way that it can grow by making sure that you do subscribe so you don't miss an episode um, when it comes out. But also, please, wherever you listen, rate, review and rate, or I think maybe you can just rate. I'm not sure, but some probably can rate and review. But the more you give us ratings, the higher we will go in the search category so that other people can find our podcast. And of course, we appreciate it if you can share it with all your family and friends. 
Um, we do appreciate that. Even if they don't have animals, I'm sure they know somebody that has a dog that they can pass it on to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need to know we're here. Oh, last thing, and I'm, I need to put some information out, but we do have our merchandise, new merchandise, yep. our new shirts um, that are building relationships and not dictatorships. Or it's on the website now. Mm-hmm. Um, we are working on getting our new our shirts back in that we used to have, which is um, dog speak on the front and on the back it says. Um, please don't pet human in training. So we'll get those back on the website as well for you guys. So please go and shop and and support dog speak and and become a dog speak geek. We'd love to hear from you guys. So reach out if you need to info at dogspeak 101.com or podcast at dogspeak 101.com. Britt, I hope you have a good rest of the day as I'm leaving this house. We're going to do some spring cleaning. It is gorgeous outside here. It's like going to be 67 today and then 47 tomorrow. Woohoo. Welcome to Tennessee, where we get three seasons in one week. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend.